1: Hello and welcome to the moments that made me. With me, your host Roxy Nafusi. Today, I am joined by the incredible Maria Hat Stefanis. Maria is an entrepreneur, speaker, founder of Rodial Skincare, and author of best-selling book How to Become an Overnight Success. I am a huge fan of the brand, so I really can't wait to speak with Maria and hear her three defining moments. Hello, Maria.
2: Hi, Roxy. Happy New Year. We're just in in the middle of January. So, yeah, let's see what this this year brings. I'm uh, intrigued to say the least. Well, I know. How have you been finding everything? Uh, I mean, yeah, we are in London. We are in our third lockdown. And uh, you know what? I mean, we've done this a couple of times before. It was a big shock back in March 2020. But we've been there. We've done that. We know how to deal with it. So just going with the flow, really. Totally. I, I love that. You,
1: you just have to surrender to it, don't you? What, what more can you do? So let's kick straight in with your first defining moment.
2: So um, just a little bit of a background, um, I started uh, my, my career, I took a part-time job while I was at uni as a beauty writer for Seventeen magazine back in Greece, where I'm originally from. I did that for a little bit, but um, I was always fascinated with business. So um, I ended up studying business and getting a job of all places in finance. Uh, And at the beginning, um, it was was really exciting. Uh, I was getting involved in, in big deals and all the adrenaline, but within a couple of years into working into finance, um, I lost all my energy, I lost all my interest, and I started being a very bad employee, showing up late, not working weekends and evenings, or as you should have at the time. And one day, I was called into the boardroom, and I got fired. And you know what, that was one of the most devastating moments in my life. But that was uh, the moment that I questioned what is my purpose in life? What am I here to do? What is my career going to be? And that's when I decided to go into beauty and start my business. So that was definitely, but getting fired was definitely a defining moment for me.
1: Oh, I love that because I love when the defining moments are real like you said, they're devastating, they're rock bottoms, they're times where you think, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But through that pain, an idea is born.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And, it's, um, uh, and I write this, uh, I've written this in my book, that uh, for anyone to change direction in life and start doing things in a different way, you need a big shock that it makes you question, you know, it, it your life changes so much from this shock that it makes you question. And um, what I did at the time was I was always passionate about beauty. And I thought, what are my next steps going to be? Um, and I thought, you know, I was very naive. Uh, if my background was having worked for a big beauty brand for years. I don't think I would dare to start my own business, but because I was clueless, I thought, well, you know what? I'll start my own beauty beauty brand. How difficult can that be? Uh, I'm passionate about beauty. I've worked in finance for a couple of years, you know, put one and one together. So what I've done is I uh, first, the first year, I researched everything. I uh, I went to a trade show in Italy of all places in Bologna it's called um, Cosmoprof and there you get all the labs all the manufacturers or the uh, the packaging uh, houses from all over the world that deal with beauty they're there and so I went there I, I took a little carry-on case with me and my sneakers and I was walking up and down this Cosmoprof show for 48 hours uh, I met a lot of people. I got a lot of brochures. Um, and at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, I have all the contacts that I ever need to start my own business so that's how it all started i did my research then i came back to london and um i went through all the leaflets and narrowed it down to my top three of every category i made some calls and did organize some meetings if if they were based in the uk and that's how it all started you know it was it was a lot of research and it was a lot of just figuring out the industry at the beginning
1: so from having the idea that you wanted to sort of have your own brand, um, how long did it take until you actually had Rodeo?
2: So um, the research took me about uh, six months. And the key thing when you start a beauty brand is finding a lab that would develop the formulas. Um, So uh, I've interviewed a few people and I found a lab that is uh, actually based in London. We met up, uh, we immediately hit it off. I had an idea of what I wanted to do. um, And for me, Rodial from day one was... um, a capsule collection of targeted treatments for specific skin concerns. So I go through some of my ideas. With the lab and um, this amazing um, woman, the lab technician, immediately got my ideas. We started bouncing off each other and talking about ingredients and, and packaging and all that. And and that was the first um, step that I knew. Okay, now I, I know where I need to go from there. Um, now the the other challenge that I had along the way was financing because usually when you start a business, one of the first things that you need to do is get external funding. I mean, not everyone has enough cash to to fund their own business. And you know what? Thinking that I was coming from the finance industry, you would think, oh, you know, she would nail that. You know, she would get the funding, putting together a a business plan, putting together some financials. And I did all that. Um, but I ended up not getting finance, uh, not getting investment. So I decided, you know what? I'm gonna start super small from a back room at home. Um, I have my lab. I'm gonna do a very small production. My first production was four products, 500 pieces of each. And I, I here I am in a in a little back room at home, keeping everything in a cupboard. And the first couple of years, it was just me on my own, calling the stores, going and showing my products, trying to get my products into a store. We didn't have such an extensive um, e-commerce um, um, sort of situation back then. That's what it was over 18 years ago. And, uh, yeah, that's how it all started. At the beginning, I was a one-woman show. And from the idea to launching the business, it, it took about mm, 12 to 18 months.
1: I love this I love hearing stories of huge brands which you know you are a global brand now so well respected in all the best stores um everybody knows knows the brand and to hear of it being started in your back room I just think
2: is so so incredible I mean some days you know what it's interesting some days I still feel I'm that girl who's working from a back room at home believe it or not. <laughs> That never goes away. You know, it's still in my mind. I love that. So what is your second defining moment? So my second defining moment was publishing my first book, How to Be an Overnight Success. Um, And the reason it was a defining moment, is because I never saw myself being an author. Um, I always saw myself as a business person, an entrepreneur. I, I... just running a business, also being creative at the same time. I do see myself as a creator as well. Uh, But by publishing the book, um, I suddenly saw myself as a mentor. Uh, which was something I never thought I would be and how the book came about was um, you know I do have my Instagram account at Mrs. Rodial and over the years I was getting a lot of messages uh, from um, from from young women saying I want to start my own business but how do I start can you give me some guidance I'm ready to give up and I was just responding to comments and DMs and then I thought you know what instead of doing uh, bits and pieces why don't i share my whole story and just show everyone that anyone with a dream can pursue it and can do well um it, and it just doesn't happen overnight so the title of the book how to be an overnight success it's really ironic took me over 18 years to be where I am today. So my overnight success um, has been 18 years in the making. And, you know, there's this young generation of people who think, oh, you know, I've started something six months later, I am not, you know, as successful as I thought I would be. And I want to give up. And I've written the book for those people. Um, And it's the message that you just have to keep going. And you're going to have ups and downs, you're going to have good days and bad days. But, you have to persevere and you have to be resilient and you will be a success, just not overnight. I think that is
1: so important to hear because absolutely you're right. I think we, well, we firstly, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, and secondly, we always look at people's success stories without seeing the story behind it. So we just see them you know, in a position where, Oh my goodness, they've done so well, they've achieved so much. And, but you don't see the years behind it, which are, you know, so much hard work, so many long hours, um, so many tears. Um, And all the fear and, you know, imposter syndrome that kind of everybody gets in the beginning when they're building their own career.
2: I mean, even if you look in a different industry um, and and Justin Bieber is actually a very interesting case of that, that, uh, you know, people just discovered him when he was, you know, a late teenager. He's 18, 20. I don't know how old he is. I think he's in his 20s. And people think, oh, my God, you know, he's so lucky. He's so young and so successful. and he's. uh, he, he has number one hits left, right, and center. And you know, how did he become an overnight success? And if you go back, you'll see that he started singing on YouTube since he was four years old. His mom had him doing YouTube videos singing. And so if he's now 20 something, he's been doing this for 20 years, but people don't look at that. They just look at, you know, I've just realized this person exists and they're successful. And then that's, you know, that's not a healthy message. You just have to work for a very long time before you achieve what you think it's going to be successful. And it's, um, you know, it's it's a message of positivity to, especially to the young generation out there.
1: Absolutely. And what do you think is, um, you know, the I mean, it's so hard because there are so many elements, but to someone listening now who, let's say they've just started business you know and then they're in the early days of it and they are struggling they're not seeing the return um they're not you know they're feeling a bit hopeless what is your advice to those young people listening
2: uh what I did uh very early on and it really helped me is uh when I was starting out I found um a lot of um, young entrepreneurs who were at the same stage as me. um, I found um, uh, someone who was starting a nail business and and someone else who was going into activewear and a jewelry designer and we were all just about starting out our businesses and we developed a really nice community and we would connect um, and go for coffee and we would share, oh, this, this has been going on in my business and these are my challenges and they would share um, a tip that they've that worked for them. And, and sort of we developed a nice group of um of of women that we were supporting each other. Uh, and that really helped me when I saw that I was not on my own. And when I realized there were other people at the exact same place as me facing very similar challenges, I think that one of the challenges of being an entrepreneur is you very often you feel alone um and and you are on your own kind of you know lifting all the weight but if you can share it with other like-minded people you know that that's better because sometimes you you know your friends or your family may not understand what you're doing may not share your vision so just try to find like-minded people and support each other i think that's that's a key advice that I, i would i would give
1: that is such such good advice thank you so much Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. So Maria, you you got fired from your job, you were devastated, then you start Road it becomes you know, a global success, you're an author. What is then your third defining moment?
2: um this is unrelated to the business or the book but um uh back in september i actually turned vegan and i uh, i will never go back to who i was before my life completely transformed and um why i am saying this it's it's kind of interesting because i thought i was always healthy uh, but then over the last couple of years, I would feel like I was coming down with a cold every couple of weeks and it would be, oh, it's the air conditioning or it's this or that or the other. And then, um, I've, I've started reading about, um, animal derived, uh, protein and food. And I, I, was following a very high protein diet for years, uh, pretty much protein and a little bit of vegetable and nothing else. Um. And uh, I started reading a lot and realizing that uh, being vegan and just transforming my diet and getting rid of anything that's animal derived, it's really going to change my health. Um, And since then, I've never felt better. I have lots of energy. Uh, It's been three months now. And, you know, with everything that's going through in the world, we're all kind of paranoid about our health and our immune system. But I feel that my immune system has never been better. I feel energetic. um, And it's just been a a great moment in my life, which... um, I'm very excited to see. You know, this has been going on for about four months now. Where I can take it and and how this is going to develop. But I'm super excited with uh, this decision.
1: Oh, that's wonderful! I love that. I actually gave up meat in the first lockdown. Um, in back in April, unlike you and and dairy, I don't eat anyway. But um, like you, I was I was always on a high protein diet. I was kind of obsessed with things like um you know keto and you know Atkins and I used to just think that you know I had to carbs were the enemy and I had to really be high protein chicken all the time and now I can't imagine
2: um I can't imagine going back to that (laughs) absolutely I mean and it's um it it, it's kind of interesting I, I have the date marked and it was I think it was the 6th of September um, and the, the rest of the, my family, I'm married and I have two, um, two boys, I have two teenagers and they, they love meat. I mean, boys and guys, they love meat. So there is meat at home. Uh, I, I can't convert everyone and I, it's it's not fair. But um, a couple of weeks into being vegan, um, we, we there was some steak at home And I said, you know what, I'm going to try a little bit and see how it feels, and I couldn't take it. I don't know, I've just engineered whether it was the taste, whether it was how it made me feel or whether I engineered mm. my mind to think that meat is bad and it's full of pesticides mm. and God knows what else. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I feel it's a great decision. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, you, you've experienced the same because you and I, we're, we're both super healthy and we take care of our, um, you know, um, nutrition and how we look. And I'm sure you work out. Um, as I do, but sometimes what we think is healthy, it's not really healthy. It's, and and you have to, yeah, just review your eating and just what we're putting in our bodies, super important.
1: Definitely. I think that, I mean, it's really, it's always good to hear, look, I definitely did it because I heard people, you know, feeling really great from making those changes. So I think just by showing the benefits, you know, it might encourage someone to at least try, um, trying to see how they feel eating less meat or cutting it out completely. Or, you know, I mean, I still eat fish personally, um, and eggs, so I'm not totally vegan, but it's really just exploring other ways to eat than maybe you've grown up doing. So, um, and seeing just how it makes you feel. And I think now's such a good time really, because we're in lockdown. There's no, there's nothing, you know, we can spend time you know creating new recipes and trying to explore how to cook with without meat if we've been used to using meat in our recipes and things like that where do you get all your sort of vegan recipe ideas I need some new ones
2: um you know what I'm a big fan of uh Lucy Watson's books I have both of them and uh there's there's some great recipes um then I have, uh, some of the, um, uh, Hamsley sisters. I have some of their books as well. They're vegan. And, um, I also feel that the, the last, um, the last year or so you can find such great ingredients, you know, tofu right now is, is available everywhere. And I eat a lot of pulses and, um, lentils and chickpeas and and hummus and uh there's just so much that you can do and there's so many interesting recipes right now that i mean if someone thinks vegan is just sitting plain boiled vegetables you know <laughs> there there's a lot more to that there is um even vegan burgers there's there's just so much right now that's delicious and 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 it feels good and Helps with our digestive system, so yeah, I'm I am super excited with this journey, and um, you know I I can't talk enough on how it changed my body, the way I feel and and my energy.
1: Mm, That's amazing to hear. Thank you so much. Um, So you mentioned you've got two teenage boys, and I think every mom I know, I mean, my little boy is only eighteen months, but I totally feel it. I think there's always, it is difficult to strike that balance. And it's, it's something that we hear all the time. I mean, I used to hear it all the time before I was a mum about, you know, mum guilt and I didn't understand it. And how have you managed growing a massive company, writing a book and having kids as well? What's your kind of advice to, to mums who are entrepreneurs who are, um, you know, building their careers?
2: So um, what's interesting is I started the business before I had kids, Um, and sort of that's that's important because you know the business was there and then the kids arrived and it was like okay well you guys have just arrived you have to fit into my schedule because I'm really busy. I think it's a little bit harder when it's the other way around, when you have kids and then you want to start a business. And I get a lot of that's mostly the question that I get that I have kids and I want to start a business. So what would you suggest? And for me, uh, it's all about just do it. You know, I don't feel that there is ever going to be in our lives the perfect time to do anything, whether that's the perfect time to start a business or the perfect time to have kids or the perfect time to do anything. It's if you're passionate about something and you've figured it out just over 50%, just go with it. Because for me, there's there there's nothing like failure. For me, failure is not taking action. If you take action, it may you may go well, you you may do OK, you may not do that great, but you learn and you've taken action and you're getting feedback so you can go back again and do it in a different way. So um, it's, you know, just just do it. And then how do you combine it when you have have both? I mean, for me, it's always been. Um, my my time at work is my time at work, and my time with the kids is my time with the kids. So I was always, I was very good at saying I'm 100% focused on one thing or the other. I'm not very good at multitasking. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when, when I am with the kids, uh, I like to spend quality time with them, but I was never a mom who was around all day long, you know, Uh, taking them to school every day. If there's a school bus, you know, back in the day where they actually went to school uh it's you know I'll, i will take that option and put them on a bus if there was an after-school activity that would kept them there engaged and happy and i wouldn't have to worry taking them back home earlier I, w- I would book them into that activity and then weekends you know are sacred um i'll do all my work during the week and then focus on them during the weekend so um that was always how i structure things Um, and, and just made sure whatever I did, whether that was work or the kids, whenever I was with one or the other, I was a hundred percent focused on one or the other.
1: Yeah. I could not agree more. I think that is the best advice because split, split focus makes you feel like you're going mad. It really does because you, that is so overwhelming and you really, you can end up feeling, I know that, you know, I've done it before where kind of Wolf will be at home um, and I'll be trying to work and my mind is totally on both of them and then I don't feel like I've done anyone. I've not given anyone my best. And that can make you feel just a bit shit, to be honest. But whereas if you do, you know, commit your time 100% to one thing and then 100% to the other, um, you just feel better in yourself and you know that you're giving your work and your family, you know, whatever you can.
2: Absolutely, and and the other thing that uh, that's really important for me, and I've been doing it for, for years now. I I also um have a chapter on each of my books. Um, it's my early morning routine, and uh, it it's very important for me, having uh, my my business and having a family that I do carve out some time to myself to set myself up for the day. Uh, whether that That is getting myself motivated or getting myself inspired or really just spending an hour scrolling through Instagram or TikTok. It doesn't even matter. You know, I I try to put aside, wake up a little bit earlier than everyone else. I'm usually up between 5.30 and 6.00 and I take an hour to myself and every day can can be different but uh for me it's very important to have this time that no one wants anything from my life no one wants you know the problem sorted in any way so and i think that's a great practice and and my big suggestion for all moms out there to try to get your time to get inspired before life and family gets in the way and then you know you don't know where the day went
1: Absolutely oh my god, I'm I do exactly the same, you know. It's so funny. i w- Wolf has finally started sleeping thirteen hours, so he now sleeps till seven rather than six. So I do I do exactly I wake up between five thirty and six and I'm just so happy in that hour to myself. It feels like heaven,
2: honestly. It's so quiet. Totally. It's uh it's such a such a treat. And you know what? It doesn't even bother me. I'm sure you would agree. That, you know, to wake up at 5.36, you you do have to go to bed quite early. Um, Equally, to just make sure you sleep enough. But I'm not that bothered. I go to bed early and then I'm excited. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait to get through the night and then wake up and have my quality time first thing. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: love love going to bed early. I love waking up early. There's the only thing about winter, I have to say, that... I'm looking forward to coming out the other side, just so that the mornings, at least, you get some sunshine. <laughs> it feels a bit bright cause at the moment, waking up in the dark. It's fine, but a, a nice morning stroll would be nice.
2: Definitely, yeah. Um, I remember with the first lockdown it was back in March that it does get quite uh, sunny and bright. Yeah, even from five thirty-six. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to those days.
1: Maria, thank you so much. I feel so inspired. Um I I think the message of um really seeing that it you know it wasn't an overnight success that you had to work really hard that you put in the hours. Um you know like you said it's been 18 years and I myself find that really, really inspiring and a really good reminder not to get disheartened if you're not exactly where you want to be today. We are still all on a journey um, and learning every step of the way. Um, So before you go, I have 10 questions for you.
2: Ready. I'm ready for you.
1: The first question is your most memorable book.
2: It's uh, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. And you know how I'm all about success, but also it's all about being spiritual about it and not stressing or not being um, possessive about what you want. It's taking a step back, doing what you need to do and let it happen.
1: Yes, that's so in line also with um, manifesting, which is sort of knowing where you want to be, but not trying to control it and instead surrendering to sort of the divine timing of it all. So your favorite quote?
2: Well, that's the title of my second book, which is also a big sign uh, in my office, make it happen.
1: (laughs) Yes. That's it. That's all you can do. Make it happen. I love that. And I can't wait for the new book. Who is your most influential mentor?
2: Um, I didn't really have a mentor, but, uh, when I was thinking of starting my business, I read everything, all the biographies, all the articles, everything about Esther Lauder. And I always dreamed of being her. Uh, and she's been, I've never met her, but she's been my biggest inspiration.
1: Love that. A moment where you felt most proud?
2: When we launched our first Rodial counter in Harvey Nichols here in Knightsbridge, nice um, and I see my products on my counter next to Chanel and Tom Ford, I thought, "Wow, you know, we've come a long way."
1: <laughs> I remember buying Rodial products from there back. It must have been in. I'm. Sh- I don't know when it launched in there, but I'm sure I got it in near the beginning. I don't know, but I was about 2012 because I was about 22 when I first bought deal and I think it was pretty new then. Um, and I got the Dragon's Blood, and it was. I was obsessed, hooked.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it, it's where we started, Harvey Engles. We have history. <laughs> oh god, I miss it.
1: Your go-to feel-good
2: film? Uh, Pulp Fiction. I love the energy, I love the cinematography, and I am obsessed with Emma with Uma Thurman at that film. She's such a boss babe. Yes. I love that film. A song that cheers you up. Okay, it's going to be uh, Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Again, it's a boss babe song all about success and manifesting what you want in life.
1: (laughs) I I haven't asked this question to someone for a while, but because you love your morning routine like me, I'm going to ask it. What are the first
2: three things you do when you wake up? Hot water with lemon, organic double espresso and meditation in that order. (laughs)
1: <laughs> god heaven. Oh my god, I'm I'm genuinely excited for my morning already talking to you. I'm like as yes, I bring it to me now. <laughs> Your top tip for dealing with stress?
2: Um it's meditation again. And I used to meditate every morning. Now during lockdown I'm also doing an evening meditation. Um and I love the sleep um series at Headspace. And I feel especially since we're spending so much time doing everything at home, I need this break for my day. And mm-hmm. adding that second meditation, it takes away all the stress of the day, everything that's been bothering me, and it just sets the tone for a restful evening.
1: Yeah, God, you just, actually, there is nothing better than clearing your mind and just slowing down. Yeah. Um, and I do, I, I. we are just doing everything at home. I have to say today was the first day. I do feel a bit like, oh my God, I'm so sick of my kitchen table. <laughs> 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 um, one thing you'd like to achieve in the next year?
2: Um, you know, um, 2020 has taught us uh, everything about being self-sufficient. And I usually, I used to have teams of people doing I'm sure you did too, um uh, my hair, my makeup, photographers, all that and and this year I've learned to do it everything myself, so I've learned how to do my hair. I've learned to to various extents, not perfect yet, how to do my makeup. Uh, and one thing I've taken on recently is um i am um keen to learn a bit more about photography. Um, and I've taken uh, an online course by Greg Williams, who I adore, he's an amazing photographer, and um. I, I want to explore learning photography and becoming a better photographer myself. I mean, obviously, I'm not changing careers. You know, Ann Lib- Annie Libovitch doesn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> not going to take her jobs. But uh, I just want to be self-sufficient when it comes to taking pictures, whether it's products or anything I need to take pictures of and cinematography. And I, I'm really keen to explore this, uh, this hobby a little bit more.
1: I feel like that is such entrepreneurial attitude there where it's like, I'm just going to learn a new skill because it will come in handy and I want to be self-sufficient. I love it. It, it, You live and breathe like being a successful businesswoman. Um, my last question is, who is the first person you
2: call to share good news? My husband. And he's always uh, looking at the glass half empty. So he's always going to find something negative when you share good news with him. But, you know, I still he, try to keep things upbeat and, um, yeah, just make him see the, the, the glass half full as, as I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Maria, thank you so much. Thank you for inspiring so many um, of us through um, our chat today, through your book. I can't wait to see the next book. And if anyone doesn't follow you already, it's at Mrs. Rodeo. And yeah, and thank you for bringing the Rodeo products to the world. I love them. The makeup, by the way, the makeup. No, I am obsessed with your makeup
2: do you have you tried the, the banana low lighter that's that's who the one has one? it the, yeah that's if they the haven't they're product. missing out it's <laughs> that's incredible, but
1: actually your bronzer I'm obsessed with because it's not orange it's like the perfect
2: tone yeah it's uh so good. it's one of my favorites too but I wanted to say thank you so much for having me it's uh our, our, our Q&A was a little bit of a sun sunshine and my day full of business zoom calls so it put me in in a different mode and thank you so much for having me it's it's been a pleasure talking to you